Hi fans, it's the Big E here to tell you about a fantastic family essential I discovered that will help make this sports pack season a less stressful one for you and your family. It's the Exergen Smart Glow Temporal Scanner Thermometer. It's simple to use, quick, and an accurate thermometer. It's the number one choice of pediatricians and nurses nationwide and even has a backlit display so you can enjoy those night games without waking your sick child. Hey, with this action-packed season of sports and back to school, I highly recommend Exergen. Check out exergen.com. Blog Talk Radio. Got a roster dilemma? There's nobody better to ask than FantasyGuru.com. Here are Bull Wolf and Joe Dolan and the Ask Guru Podcast. Welcome into the Ask Guru Podcast. I am Bo Wolf alongside managing editor for FantasyGuru.com, Joe Dolan and Joe. Uh, an injury riddled week three in fantasy football, but uh, not a bad one for me. I went seven and two. That's how we like to start going over our nine teams. How did you do? And if I know you, and I think I do, you have a bit of a complaint about Mr. Aaron Rodgers, and it is not that he scored negative points per pro football focus. <laughs> no, uh, I went five and four. Um, I got uh, smoked. Would that you could be me? <laughs> uh, yeah, you should be writing the articles. We should we should have switched <laughs> chairs this week. The last two weeks. Um, so. I was, uh, as, as, as I tend to do on Monday nights, Bo, or Monday mornings, rather, I, uh, I kind of recap what happened the day previous in fantasy and all that. Sometimes I just have so many teams that sometimes I'm just so tired at the end of Sunday that I'm like, ah, I'll check them tomorrow. So Monday morning, I also checked at my DFS sites. I do uh, a big cash game on all the major sites. And, and quickly, what is a cash game? All right, so a cash game is, uh, as opposed to a large field tournament or a GPP, guaranteed prize pool, um, it's basically you're just essentially you're competing against the field, but all you want to do is score points. It doesn't matter if you have the same exact lineup as somebody else. If you score a bunch of points, you're going to cash. So so these are the 50-50s. In a 100-person cash game, um, in a 50-50, the top 50 will cash, the bottom 50 will not. And doesn't matter if you finish first or fiftieth, you get the same prize. So it's just a matter of getting over that threshold. And I was looking at a particular cash game on DraftKings, and I was right in the middle of the pack heading into Monday night. And usually that means you are gold. Now, if I'm if I'm at the end of a, of a um of the pack on Monday night, I usually assume I'm lost. I'm there's no way I'm going to be able to hold up through the Monday night game. But I was sitting like maybe like 19th or 20th out of 100. And I, usually I'm thinking that's pretty damn good for a cash game. But Aaron Rodgers comes out, throws five touchdowns, three of them to Randall Cobb. The Chiefs managed to get out of their own way for Jamal Charles to score three touchdowns. And it knocked me out. Of, I, Bo, I had a perfect record in cash games uh, up until that beat. I'm still doing very well. Um, but... That was a bad beat, and I have Aaron Rodgers to thank, who also beat my ass in two of my uh, season-long leagues. So I'm really not happy with Aaron Rodgers right now. And this is the drawback to my strategy of waiting on a quarterback because I never have Aaron Rodgers on my teams, and then I'm always on the receiving end of these games, and that's a problem. <laughs> well, you know, for quarterbacks, and it's this is the the strategy that, that I would say that most in-tune players uh abide by and that is you get you get a stud like rogers or luck unfortunately uh or you go with with sort of getting guys in the back end right uh and rogers is paying off luck is not 
Uh, luck will pay off. He's not paying off right now, but uh, not as, certainly not as much as Aaron Rodgers. Who, but uh, there's there's not a better player in football than Aaron Rodgers right now. Can can we I mean, spend it's, a it's second obvious. to talk about the pro football focus thing? What a joke. um um. I just I I I read the explanation. I understood the explanation. Well, here's um, the thing. Here's here's what I don't understand about the explanation. And you know, I, I understand that there are things that they're not grading, but how is it that that uh, Aaron Rodgers one fumble and one potential interception downgraded him enough that he was still ranked below Colin Kaepernick for the week, who threw four interceptions? That's that's something that I think needs to be re. If you want to tell me that that Aaron Rodgers didn't play as well as the numbers indicate, I am happy to listen to that argument. But and look, uh, look. I Sometimes whole, Bo, we also. I'm, I'm going to go nuts on Pro Football Focus. I just the proprietary the 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 snap counts. I'm so happy that they do that. That's great information. But but then they're when they're trying to be subjective with the grades and they don't tell me who is the grader. There's no accountability. They change things after the All 22. Don't tell me you watch the tape. I just uh, it's it's too much. Here is as a good um, friend said today was the day that they jumped the shark for the average football fan. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, here is an issue I have, and this is just in general. This is nothing to do with Pro Football Focus. Um, a lot of great people there. Um, friends with with several of them. Um, sometimes we chastise uh, quarterbacks for checking down without realizing why they're checking down. And oftentimes, you know what? Sometimes a quarterback is a captain check down, and he can't shake that, and he can't shake that image of him. That's fine. But oftentimes, Bo, checking down is the right move. And when well, Aaron Rodgers does something at this point, when Aaron Rodgers does something at this point, I tend to think it's the right move. So, look, I'm Aaron Rodgers played very, 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 very well on Monday night. Very well. He played a clean, controlled game. Um, maybe he missed a throw here or there. I haven't watched the All-22 yet. Um, I might not need to because that will open wounds about my uh, – my um, fantasy day. Um, but, like, here, here's the way I look at it. James Jones was cut by both the Oakland Raiders and the New York Giants. Now, you can argue both teams made a mistake. That's totally fine. Uh, especially the Giants who were scraping for somebody to p- contribute in the passing game, not name Odell Beckham or Shane Vereen. However, nobody's going to come out here and tell you um, if they're smart, that James Jones is this elite receiver who just slipped, slipped through the cracks and two teams cut him. And there's a reason this guy's only had success when Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the football. I mean, this is a guy, this is the definition of making players better. James Jones exactly can't right. get open, Bo. He can't get open. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he can't get open. And it's ridiculous. And I'm I'm sick. Like I'm sick that James Jones is a thing because of Aaron Rodgers. Because you go, you spend this entire offseason uh, analyzing, and is Devontae Adams going to take the step? Is Jeff Janis going to take a step? What what can Ty Montgomery give them? Is Richard Rodgers going to take the step? And then a guy who's in his 30s, who is a total cast off from two mediocre franchises at best comes in and is a top 15 fantasy receiver because of his quarterback almost makes you feel like what the hell am I doing with my life? Well, we should have, we should have all given him a little bit more credence when he went back to green Bay, I suppose. And like, I definitely like, and you know what I, I, when he signed there, um, I'm like, 
you know, it's going to help them, but they really want to push Adams. And then you realize if Devontae Adams isn't making plays, McCarthy's just going to be like, all right, fine. Put James Jones in there. At least Aaron Rodgers knows where James Jones is going to be. Yep. And that's, and it's amazing. And there's no way to quantify that chemistry because James Jones sure as hell didn't have it with Derek Carr and obviously didn't have it in the short time he had with Eli Manning or else he'd still be there. And it's just something about Rodgers. And there's very few quarterbacks who I think have this level of a connection with their receivers. Rodgers, Brady, Manning, um, I, Breeze, well, maybe, well, but even beyond, in the last couple beyond, of years. That's, that's what makes those guys the best of the best. And like, Because even guys who are, are good, who, who use their talent well, just don't elevate the teammates the way these guys do and we're looking at three all-timers arguably three of the five or six greatest of all time right now um and i know peyton's slipping but despite peyton's physical tools being less than that of bo i would argue any quarterback in the nfl i'm not sure there is a quarterback in the nfl who has fewer physical tools than peyton manning right now i think that's Um, probably fair um maybe he's still getting it done well brandon whedon has that <laughs> but they're the same age that's all that's all i'm saying <laughs> that might be true too it does throw the prettiest ball jerry jones has ever seen william moore as well um but it, it's it's just ridiculous and you know what i in one of my leagues um one of the guys who works in our office ben kukanis he spent big to get james jones on the waiver wire. Like he spent like nearly 50% of his fab budget and we laughed at him. And I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I wish I had James Jones right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was making fun of my buddy for, for spending $70 uh, and looks like on the podcast, he wasn't as crazy as I thought. That's right. But the funniest thing is, is, and I think maybe we, um, don't bring this up enough with fab is, but wouldn't you say if you get one difference maker, and I mean difference maker, not a guy who, uh, you know, he turned out to be a nice flex for me. That's what you should get on the waivers. But if you get one difference maker with your fab, isn't that a successful year? Absolutely. You essentially got a free shot at knowing, um, at getting a guy for essentially free. And you, and that doesn't mean you can't use waivers the rest of the year. It just doesn't mean that you're, it just means that you're not able to enter the bidding war the next time a hot ticket item comes around. But if you've gotten one difference maker with your fab, you've already won. And James Jones is a difference maker right now. And I didn't get him anywhere because people went nuts with their fab for him. And I didn't, but honestly, I got to be telling you, I wish I had at this point because once again, I underestimated Aaron Rodgers, and that is not a guy to underestimate. And I need to stop doing it. Well, I don't think that was a case of underestimating Aaron Rodgers. I think it was probably a case of us overestimating Devontae Adams. That's fair, too. And you know what? Um, There were red flags with Devontae Adams that I think a lot of us ignored after Jordy Nelson went down. Um, He was low efficiency last year. Uh, One one thing, as a matter of fact, Bo, before Jordy Nelson got hurt, we had him as one of our poster players on the overvalued players to avoid list because he only had like three usable fan games last year as the Packers number three receiver. And the problem is it looks like it, when he's healthy, he's not healthy right now. And we have to be fair to him in that regard. 
Um, he left the game with on Monday night with an ankle injury that he aggravated. Um, it looks again like he's the number three receiver. Right. And that's an issue. That's a big issue because they ultimately the Packers still want to be a balanced team. We saw them run the hell out of the ball on Monday night with Eddie Lacy and James Starks, even though Lacy was coming into the game banged up. So if Adams is going to be the number three receiver again, he's not going to have a ton of fantasy value. And we'll have to see how serious the ankle injury is, but it is very clear to me that a couple factors happened. Overestimated Devontae Adams, underestimated James Jones, and underestimated, once again, the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, the guy's the best player in the NFL. And I've said all along, that I would be a guy who, if I was starting a franchise today and I had my pick of anybody in the NFL, I would take Andrew Luck. But, Bo, I wonder if that's something I have to reevaluate. Because it's clear to me Andrew Luck right now is not in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers as a player. Doesn't mean he can't get there, but he sure as hell isn't there now. And he's struggling Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. A variety of reasons. But he is not in Aaron Rodgers' league right now. Not even close to it. Nobody is. Nobody's close to Rodgers. I don't believe that anybody is. Some people will say Brady, but I I agree. It's uh, it's Rodgers at the top. All right, let's move on from the uh, sort of the top of the show to getting the news roundup. And remember, of course, if you want your question answered in a little bit, to use the hashtag, hashtag AskGuru, and make sure to subscribe to the entire uh, Fantasy Guru feed on iTunes and all your other uh, podcasts. Go ahead. You'll get the Through the Wire podcast with Tom Brawley, Paul Kelly on Tuesdays. You'll get our podcast typically Wednesdays, Bo. Um, we can be a little flexible with the timing just because of the nature of the podcast. And on Thursday mornings, Thursday afternoons, you'll get the, the most popular podcast for good reason. Um, we're still playing catch up, Bo. Uh, John yes, Hansen and Greg Cosell do the uh, FantasyGrew.com matchup podcast, which is a not just, in my opinion, Bo, a great fantasy podcast, but it's a great football podcast um it really, I think really gets you ready for all the games on on uh sunday monday and thursday and let me reiterate one thing you said bo hey people if you want your question answered use the hashtag hashtag ask guru um that's what we use for the podcast i do on occasion i go through my my uh, mentions and i um i'll take like an hour here and there to answer as many as i can and then maybe the next day i'll do the same but if you want your question answered on the podcast, if you use if you use the hashtag, you have a significantly better chance of getting it done. Because if you don't, you won't get your question answered. That's exactly right. All right, quickly some news. Obviously, we talked about some tough injuries over the weekend. Let's start with Ben Roethlisberger. Sounds like he's going to be out about four to six weeks. See how that plays out. But in the short term, how does this affect your Steelers? Do you want to go out and get Michael Vick? For me, the answer is no. Uh, unless you are really starved at quarterback. And you tell me because Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, you're not sitting either of those guys, but you're, no, we're not um, expecting quite uh, the production with Vic in there. Antonio Brown has now going on Bo, I believe, close to 40 games consecutive with five catches and 50 yards receiving, which is a, an absurd level of consistency. I don't think we, we've definitely never seen it from the receiver position because it's an NFL record. Um, I'm seriously wondering if that's going to continue with Michael Vick at quarterback. Now, I, su- I, I think I would be surprised if he keeps it up through Vick starts. That doesn't mean he can't have huge games. Um, Absolutely. Michael Vick still can throw a football. Um, his, his skills have eroded Bo, And as we saw towards the end of his tenure in Philadelphia, he started to lose his head a little bit. Um, 
he really wasn't processing what he was seeing. He wasn't making decisions as quickly, wasn't throwing to open receivers. That's a concern. My my main concern for this week, Bo, is that he's coming off of a short week against a division rival. The Ravens which, are my favorite uh, waiver wire pickup for a defense this week. I think that is going to turn the ball over. You know the Ravens are going to come out rabid. They they have no choice but to win this game. Uh, I, I I believe that they if you can get them and play them Thursday, I would plug them in unless you have one of the three or four elite defenses. You know, Todd Haley um, as, as a, has been a guy people are, are love to make fun of because he had a failed tenure in um, Kansas City and he got off to a shaky start in Pittsburgh. But Bo, uh, this guy had been calling – I mean, he had been essentially dialing up the right place here for going on over a year uh, with that, Ben Roethlisberger playing. You can argue, Bo. Now, I know Ben Roethlisberger was a huge fan of Bruce Arians. He was tight with them. He loved Arians' offense. But under Todd Haley, Roethlisberger, until he got hurt, was playing the best football of his career. The yeah, last year or so. And – I wonder if that's part of uh, Roethlisberger's maturation as a quarterback. The fact that Roethlisberger hasn't had uh, an injury. hes He was a guy, Bo, remember, early in his career, um, missed a lot of time with injuries. And then, obviously, he had the suspension. Um, but he was a quarterback who missed a lot of time. And the last couple of years, he had stayed healthy. Um, obviously, that's all gone to hell now. And you wonder how he's going to rebound from this because, ultimately, the elusiveness – even though he's not a runner, his elusiveness and his play extension is a big part of his game. I almost wonder if Haley can continue to build on that because you still expect Michael Vick, even at 35, to have the elusiveness factor, the play extension factor. But the concern is Michael Vick's focus isn't going to be in the right place when he's extending those plays. Roethlisberger's focus was always downfield when he's extending plays. And for me, the bottom line, looking go ahead, for go the ahead. big play, and looking for the big play, and you almost wonder if you're just going to have to live with it if you're Pittsburgh of Michael Vick when he extends plays that he's just going to take off because that's what he does. And you know what, Bo? For a couple weeks with these weapons, that can work. I think if if we see this for an extended period of time, though, you're really going to start to see the warts. I, I think the bottom line for me, if you if you are looking at the Steelers from a from a fantasy perspective is you're still playing bell you're still playing brown but i'm probably not gonna reach for a flex with a, a guy like marcus whedon or something like that and i'm not gonna oh, look no, at no heath, miller, heath miller as a startable tight end uh, who has been he, he has been a solid uh, low-end starting tight end i'm, yeah, I'm looking elsewhere at, at that position and here's I mean, the heath big miller, concern he's targeted in the red zone as much as anybody but here's the thing how what do you expect from antonio brown I don't know if we can answer. I, th- I think we both expect a downgrade. Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it bigger than that? I'm not sure. I think we both expect Le'Veon Bell to be the focal point of the offense. Le'Veon Bell, Bo, himself said he expects to be the focal point of the offense. Yes, yeah, so much for D'Angelo Williams being a, 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 uh, a top One share. touch. I think he played <laughs> yeah, like six on. snaps. Um, yeah. Anyway, the guy I'm concerned about, and I think this is a huge bummer because I have him stashed in multiple leagues, is Martavis Bryant. And you just hope Roethlisberger comes back sooner than expected, or you hope Michael Vick um, is able to still connect down the field with some of those deep balls because one thing Michael Vick, Bo, is always going to be able to do is throw a football. He has one of the best natural arms in the entire NFL. He throws a really, really pretty ball. Now, it doesn't always go where you want it to go, 
but he throws a really pretty ball. Um, the Steelers have also missed Martavis Bryant in the red zone. I think that's been evident, uh, especially in the Rams game. They were unable to put the ball in the end zone. Um, so I'm curious to see what this does to him. It is a clear downgrade for him. And I've actually gotten a couple questions on Antonio Brown. What, what should I get for him? And the one thing I have said, um, I'm, we might answer a couple specific questions about this. I haven't looked at the question list. Um, but one thing I will say is you have to get a stud back. You have to get a stud in the trade. You cannot trade Antonio Brown for Brandon Cooks and Mark Ingram. Or you can't trade Antonio Brown for Amari Cooper and a a third back, Amari Cooper and Danny Woodhead. As good as those guys have been, you have got to have a guy in that deal who you expect to get in your lineup each and every week and get big-time numbers. And I'm not sure if you're going to be able to make that kind of deal. So I think you're going to have to hold Antonio Brown. I think that's probably right. Uh, How about at the quarterback position, Joe? We're affected by buys for the first week uh, of the fantasy season. If you have Tom Brady or if you had Ben Roethlisberger, who's the guy that you want to go out and get and start this week? Uh, Well, let me take actually a look at the schedule, which I haven't done yet. Um, There's obviously a ton of questions on Tyrod Taylor. Hey, Bo, if he's out there, go get him. I'm dropping Matthew Stafford for Tyrod Taylor. I'm dropping Sam Bradford for Tyrod Taylor. I want a guy who's going to contribute now. And I'm not saying those guys can't contribute. Uh, down the road, but Tyrod Taylor is a guy who's a startable player. Um, yes, Tyrod Taylor is the guy I want to replace. Um, Who would you rather uh, have, Tyrod Taylor or Andy Dalton? Let's see. Tyrod Taylor has the Giants this week at home. Um, Andy Dalton has the Chiefs at home, and the Chiefs just got shredded by Aaron Rodgers, but everybody would get shredded by Aaron Rodgers. Dalton's got the Seahawks next week. Tyrod Taylor has the Titans. Taylor then has the Bengals, and Dalton obviously would have the Bills. Then the Bills have the Jaguars while the Bengals go on by. If I'm looking purely at schedule, I would rather have Tyrod Taylor over the next four weeks than Andy Dalton. And then I go from there. If Taylor disappoints this week, then I look for someone else. That's how you play the streaming at the quarterback position. But I think Tyrod Taylor, Bo, should be owned in all leagues. He's a he's a quarterback one. He's a starter. He's the number five quarterback. Through three weeks with Andy Dalton number three. I'm and the matchups are good coming up, so I'd start Tyrod Taylor, no doubt about it. The That's only other the guy, guy I'll I want, if he's out there. And how about third choice? Now, assuming that Carson Palmer is owned in your league, uh, Marcus Mariota. Well, he's off this week, so you can't play him this week. Um, right. Which actually might mean he gets dropped. That's um, exactly right. I, I would rank them. Taylor, Dalton, Mariota, but they're very close. Um, I think all three of them are – you can benefit from all three. You know, I got Marcus Mariota for $1 in an auction as my number two behind $3 Ryan Tannehill. Mariota's my starter already, all things equal. Now, keep this in mind, though, yeah, Bo. I mean, he's starting Mariota has the bills in week five. So, in theory, you're probably looking at Mariota re- more realistically week six. As your starter. And if, and if you are looking ahead, the Panthers, Dolphins, Vikings, and Jets are the teams with week five buys. So if you have Cam Newton or Ryan Tannehill or even Teddy Bridgewater, those are the, uh, those are the teams you're looking at. Uh, all right, let's keep moving down the list here. News-wise, Joe, Drew Brees staying on the quarterback position. 
try to play this week. He threw a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the Saints need a win in the very worst way. How do you feel as a Breeze owner? Uh, not great until I see him play yeah. better. Um, I will say this, though. I think Sean Payton probably sees a very vulnerable Cowboys team here. A team that got out to the lead by running the ball, and then all of a sudden the Falcons shut down the run and the Cowboys couldn't move the football. And I would think Sean Payton sees the same thing. The problem is I'm not sure the Saints could stop anybody from doing anything on the defensive side of the ball right now. Um, If I had Breeze, I would consider him a low-end starter this week just simply because Boa's football hasn't been good. And – you rewatched that game in week two. He could not he physically awful. throw the football. He could not throw the football. That's an important thing to do as an NFL quarterback, uh, and especially for Drew Brees, who's going to the Hall of Fame for doing just that. So I would consider him a low-end starter. You might have to use him this week just because, you know, a couple teams are off, Roethlisberger's hurt, and um, maybe somebody picked up Tyron Taylor. They sniped you on him. But I wouldn't feel great about using him by any stretch. That Cowboy defense has been better than people thought, although they got gashed on the run uh, last week by Devontae Freeman. And Julio Jones got him. Um, seems like um, people are laying off Byron Maxwell a little bit now, doesn't it, Bo? A little bit. Maybe it's just maybe it's just that Julio Jones, uh, nobody can cover him. And that's just that's <laughs> just my theory. Well, what about Terrence Williams? I guess the game was over, huh? Yeah, that game was over. <laughs> that, that don't don't remind me of that game. That was the worst football game I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the worst one ever. And been I to. was at I, in two thousand four. I was at a game in which Penn State and Iowa played to a six to four Iowa win. Penn State's oh, only fun, two scores were two safeties and future NFL kicker, longtime NFL kicker Robbie Gold. I think missed four field goals in that game. Um, it was that was terrible, but that was like it, when you were sitting there, you're like, "This is so bad. This is funny." That Cowboys Eagles game was significantly worse because uh, because the yellow laundry littered the field. That the the penalties in that game made that game just completely unwatchable. And they're grown men instead of uh, kids in college. All right, a right. uh, couple disappointing running backs. Tell me your thoughts and who you feel more confident in: Marshawn Lynch or C.J. Anderson. Oh, I'm so much more confident in Marshawn Lynch. And if Marshawn Lynch misses this game, at least you know to bench him. Um, I had to play C.J. Anderson. I had no choice this week in a league, in uh, which I really wanted to bench him. I had no choice but to um, play him because Chris Ivory was hurt. Um, would have felt better about taking the zero from Ivory. The, here's Here's the saving grace with Anderson. The saving grace is that Ronnie Hillman doesn't look any better than C.J. Anderson. I think Anderson's averaging two and a half yards a touch. Hillman's averaging 3.1. And the only reason Hillman's outscoring him for fantasy is when C.J. Anderson left to be evaluated for a concussion, Hillman got the goal line opportunity. And as a matter of fact, I think that was after Juwan Thompson also left uh, with, uh, with a neck injury. So, I mean, Ronnie Hillman averaged under two yards a carry the other night against the Detroit Lions. So people are like, "Should I, if I have Anderson, should I get Hillman? I'm like, sure, if you want, but I'm not really sure either guy's the answer right now. They can't run the ball in general. Um, they took a step forward by using Peyton in the pistol, which I would assume will continue going forward, and you hope they can run the ball. Um, Gary Kubiak came out and said this week that we need to keep plugging away with Anderson, and he also said one thing that um, – has been true with C.J. Anderson, 
Bowie's been kind of snake bitten so far this year. The toe, the ankle, he has to leave to be evaluated for a concussion after taking a big pop. And combine that with Peyton not looking great. They're learning a new offense. They're breaking in a new offensive line. That's kind of six factors that you really didn't anticipate. Um, I think the assumption was Gary Kubiak has been a very fantasy-friendly coach in terms of the running back position. He's always been a guy who relies on one back, whether it was Steve Slayton, Arian Foster, uh, Justin Forsett last year. He's made fantasy stars out of all these guys. Uh, Dominic Davis back in the day. Um, However, things have gone wrong for Anderson. Peyton was put in an uncomfortable position. His skills have eroded, and it's all kind of boiled down to a very disappointing package for Anderson. At this point, I think you have to hold him. If you can trade him for something, by all means. Um, But I've heard trades of Anderson for four set, which side do you want? And I'm like, I would just hold on to whoever I have in that trade and hope my, my guy snaps out of it because both guys have been so disappointing. If I can bench C.J. Anderson now, I want to. Um, the saving grace is they don't have a back on the roster who has looked demonstrably better, if at all better. Uh, and in terms of Marshall Lynch, you'd rather have Rawls than Fred Jackson as the handcuff? Oh, no doubt about it. He's the reason they cut Robert Turbin. He's the reason they traded Kristen Michael. So, yeah, I would definitely rather have Thomas Rawls. 100-yard rusher, first one since 2012, not named Marshawn Lynch. There you go. Uh, all right. Which rookie wide receiver are you more bullish on move forward? Devontae Parker working himself into the Dolphins offense or Doriel Green Beckham making more uh, than just touchdowns for the, for the Titans? That's a hell of a question. I am actually going to say Green Beckham at this point. Why? I, I would agree. Because Marcus Mariota looks significantly better than does Ryan Tannehill right now. For whatever reason, maybe he's just a better player. Tannehill also has uh, an offensive line that's struggling and no run game. Um, but Marcus Mariota looks better. And I haven't seen enough of, of Devontae Parker. Now, fortunately, Devontae Parker, 46 receiving yards against the Bills. That's something to build on, and they need him. Um, but... Is he going to out-target either Jarvis Landry or Rashard Matthews? Can that offense, Bo, that has been struggling so badly, afford to take targets away from a guy who's actually producing like Rashard Matthews? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it can. So I'm actually more bullish on Doriel Green-Beckham because I think there's a bigger role. Kendall Wright's going to be the number one with the Titans, and he's going to be have a really nice fantasy year. But other than that, you're, Harry Douglas has not done a whole lot. Justin Hunter has been a huge disappointment. I am bullish on Doriel Green-Beckham making a push, and I think Mariota will get him the ball. So I would rather have Green-Beckham straight up right now. I think Green-Beckham is a little bit more talented, and I think that he has less to overcome in terms of uh, working his way to targets, and And he might even have a better quarterback. Understanding that if you're picking up one of these guys, you're ideally wanting a, a wide receiver three or a flex. I think Green Beckham's got a better shot to reach that in the week because I think he's going to get high-volume touchdown opportunities. So he's got the best shot to blow past that. All right, it's time to move on to the questions from the listeners. Hashtag ask Guru. Let's, uh, let's hear what they got. And remember to use the hashtag, as we said. First question from John Williams. Somebody dropped Jeremy Hill in my league. Should I pick him up and drop Forsett or Duke Johnson? Drop Duke Johnson for him immediately. 
immediately. I, I, I like Duke Johnson, but it's not happening with the Browns offense right now. Um, uh, you're What you are going to have is a headache with Jeremy Hill because they have a talented back in Giovanni Bernard, who is not your average backup running back. He's super talented. Um, but I would drop uh, Duke Johnson in an instant and pick up a guy on the team whose offense doesn't stink. Uh, well, speaking of Jeremy Hill, Nick Fry wants to know, would you trade Matt Jones and Isaiah Crowell for Jeremy Hill? Yes. Uh, Crowell really? doesn't do anything for me, Bo. He's, I agree. Uh, Crowell is my least favorite type of fantasy back. He is volume and game script dependent on a bad team, which is why I'm higher on Duke Johnson of the Browns uh, than Crowell for the rest of the year, because I don't think he has as many warts in terms of what he's going to need. Now, you're telling me you'd rather have Matt Jones than Jeremy Hill the rest of the year. I think I might. It's a tough one because I mean obviously we have seen more from Jeremy Hill and to answer this question you have to sh- to answer this question fairly you have to shake the preseason biases that you had regarding these players. Jeremy Hill was a borderline first round pick. Matt Jones was a ninth, 10th round guy who you wanted to get on every team because of the in- a chance that he blew up. This now Matt Jones one. has had a better game. This is a really good question. Um I would do it only because I think Jeremy Hill is going to be fine moving forward. However, the fact that this is a difficult answer to make tells you where Jeremy Hill is in the world right now. And I'm not yeah, entirely I mean, if, confident. If you're, if if you're relying on Crowell to be your flex right now, then I guess you don't do the deal. But otherwise, maybe you do. You roll. You roll. Yeah, I, I'm still betting on Jeremy Hill's ability, but 5.1 yards per carry down to 3.0. You wonder if something else is going on there. All right, Brad Srantz wants to know. He says he knows already that this will be the number one question we are asked this week. What do I do with Antonio Brown now? He has Steve Green, Jordan Matthews, Steve Smith, and Eric Decker. So he's got a pretty good lineup of receivers there. Yeah, like I mean, you're playing AJ earlier. Green, you're playing Steve Smith. As I said earlier in the podcast, Bo, I don't think I don't think you can do anything but hold them. Uh, now, I had somebody um, on my Twitter feed today say I could get Demarius Thomas and Todd Gurley for Antonio Brown. I would make that deal because of course here Demarius similarly to Antonio Brown, and ideally Todd Gurley can be a game changer. I would make that deal, but if I am getting two players who are clearly a tier or two below Antonio Brown, I am not making the deal. Those are uh, Evan Silva of Roto World says it all the time, and I couldn't agree more. He says, if you are on the – being on the wrong end of a two-for-one deal, which usually means the two end of the two-for-one deal, is a good way to lose in fantasy. At this point, I don't know if the rest of your league is going to value Antonio Brown enough for you to trade him. And you can't bench him. Until at least uh, until Michael Vick makes it blatantly obvious that he's not able able to get him the football, you can't bench Antonio Brown. So at this point, I think the only logical solution is to hold him. All right, Ali Tariq wants to know how we feel about Victor Cruz. He wants to know if he should drop Martavis Bryant, Golden Tate, or Jonathan Stewart for Cruz, and if so, 
He also needs to know whether he should prioritize picking up Tyrod Taylor instead of Ryan Tannehill over picking up Cruz. I am not super bullish on Victor Cruz. I'm not super bullish on him, but the one thing I will say, Bo, is Eli Manning is playing well. And they need somebody to get targets in that offense behind Odell Beckham, Shane Vereen. And I guess Ruben Randall had a decent game uh, on Thursday night. Um, they got him involved. But Ruben Randall say- admitted to Chris Collinsworth that he can't run anymore, which is pretty obvious on film, by the way. Um, Would you agree that Golden Tate is the one of those three to drop? I was almost thinking about Stewart, but I am serious. Yeah, I'm going to put you lines right now. Golden Tate is frustrated. Did you read that, Bo? Golden Tate was uh, pulled to Josh Huff this week and said, uh, yeah, the Broncos knew everything that. we were doing. Is that on the quarterback? Is that on the play calling? Um, probably well, maybe a he saw that the both. Eagles won after Josh Huff did that, so he wanted to find a way for the Lions. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe uh, when Josh Huff did that, it got uh, – <laughs> it got into Chip Kelly's head, and Chip was like, "Oh, you know what? I've uh, I've got to change some things up here." Good call, Josh. Yeah, I think that's um, good. hopefully it works with uh, Joe Lombardi. Um, but the, what was the second part of that question? Should he prioritize Tyrod Taylor? Yes. With that, he has Tannehill. Receiver, I would probably prioritize picking up Tyrod Taylor, honestly, because like I would, I think you'd like Victor Cruz to be maybe a Golden Tate-ish receiver this year. Even if like even if you've downgraded Tate from where he was preseason, I think you're putting yourself into a spot to make difficult lineup decisions with that. I think I would prioritize picking up Tyrod Taylor over all those. And honestly, if you don't need Jonathan Stewart, I'm cool with dropping him at this point. He's frustrating because he's a high-volume back who isn't making big plays, isn't catching enough passes, and isn't his the red isn't the goal line because of Cam Newton. And he was a guy who I was high on coming into the year. I was high on Stewart because I'm like, aside from injuries, this guy's going to be a volume back. But it turns out he's getting volume in the wrong spots. So um, that's a mea culpa on my part. Um, if there's somebody out there with some upside, I'm okay with dropping him. And I wonder if he's the guy. New York City Money 1-2-3 is in a half-point PPR 14-team league. He's got five guys, and he needs to start three of them. Jeremy Hill, Justin Forsett, Deion Lewis, Lanar, and Amir Abdullah. Uh, I hate to tell you one thing. you got four guys here because well, Deion Lewis is on. But... Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> so his, his decision's easy this week. Easier, at least. So... So Jeremy Hill, Justin Forsett. Uh, well, who are the other two? Lance Dunbar and Amir Abdullah. And, and Amir Abdullah. And the Lions. And, uh, well, the Lions have the Seahawks. So I think that's your answer. I think there's your answer. Just uh, bench bench Amir Abdullah. Go with the other three. So you I cannot that's right. Don't start Deion Lewis this week. That would be a mistake. That would be definitely be a mistake. Softball Jesus. Hashtag ass guru he wants to know. What did I do? What do I do with a backfield of Frank Gore and Jonathan Stewart? His bench is Duke Johnson, Shane Vereen, and D'Angelo Williams. Well, D'Angelo Williams is not doing much for you, that's for sure. Yeah, I would think you can make a I case for, would, for starting Shane Vereen, but I mean, you're riding it out with the waiver Gore. wire. I would troll the waiver wire and drop D'Angelo Williams if I could. He's a he's the exact type of guy who um, I don't want on my team. A clear handcuff. Read to somebody strategy. else. 
Yeah, I don't want that guy on my team. I try to move him to the Le'Veon Bell owner if I could, maybe for a uh, for a more of an upside type of back. Um, if not, I troll the waiver wire, see who's out there. Maybe pick up Lorenzo Talaferro um, behind Justin Forsett. Uh, if Carlos Williams yeah, is out there, he's clearly the hot ad of the week. Um, and I, I don't think you're in awful shape here, Bo, because I think Frank Gore, what Frank Gore did this week, even though the Colts struggled, what Gore did this week was I think what a lot of people expected of him, including us, um, a very highly efficient game, and he got the red zone and goal line work. Um, he look, he looks good to me, does Frank Gore. So I'm not freaking out about him, and I think luck's going to get better. So that's a good sign. Um, at this point, at least Stewart gets volume. Um, the fact that he didn't come through in a really good matchup is a big disappointment. Um, if this is a PPR league, Bo, I think I might even be considering Vereen my number two at this point. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, at nothing to wit, in a deep dynasty league with not many guys on waivers, do I bet on Thomas Rawls or Michael Vick or Ryan Matthews? It's R. Matthews. I'm, a, I'm assuming it's actually I'm, I'm assuming it's Rashard Matthews because there's two T's and not one. Uh, and he says you get to keep a guy for two years. Is he a Lynch owner? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it on Vic. He did not tell us no whether, whether he was Lynch. Uh, Rawls uh, betting the house, maybe. I don't know. He looks uh, good. Rawls, as you said, he looked fine. I mean, and Marshawn Lynch, uh, as as beast mode as he is, is not going to play forever. Yeah, I think I might take the shot on Rawls because I I wonder what Rashard Matthews' ceiling is. So I think I'd rather take a shot on Rawls and Dynasty. I think so, too. All right. It burns, baby. 12-team uh, PPR. Should he trade away Antonio Brown for Latavius Murray and James Jones? No uh, way. The exact kind of trade that I was talking about. You are getting... Yeah, and it looks like he doesn't, giving need, away he doesn't need help there. Giving away the He's got your best player. Who yeah, does he have, Bob? Uh, he also has Brandon Cooks, Emmanuel Sanders, Justin Forsett, Todd Gurley, Trey Mason, Rashad Jennings, and Duke Johnson. He doesn't need to make that well, deal. His backfield is iffy, to say it's the least. Good, but it's not like Latavius Murray is gonna is gonna no. fault him into a contention. So, uh, a similar Antonio Brown question. He has Antonio and Martavis. Should he deal Martavis for John Brown? Yes. Oh yeah, I'd definitely make that deal immediately. Yeah. So I think Martav- what you hoped Martavis was before Ben went down was kind of super John Brown. Like, you get the big yeah. plays and a little bit more red zone work. Um, with Vic, how long is Ben out for? Four to six is the estimate. Well, maybe it's on the low end. Maybe it's on the high end. Um, and then how- what are you stashing Martavis for? Yeah, I would make that deal in an instant. I can't believe somebody would make that offer. But I'd definitely yeah, do it. Either. And by the way, you don't even have Martavis Bryant this week. The dude 84 is a Jeremy Hill owner. He is being offered Geo and Golden Tate for Jarvis Landry. What do you think? I would have to see the rest of his roster. But my but my initial reaction, Bo, is no way because he's giving away the clear best player of the deal. If you have Jeremy Hill, if you have Jeremy Hill, if you have C.J. Anderson, if you have Justin Forsett, you need the guys like Jarvis Landry who are carrying your team right now. You can't give those guys away. And I think this is this is not a deal I want. And because because adding Geo, you're just adding a headache to your roster 
I would be better off, I think, hoping that that uh, Jeremy Hill snaps out of it. Yeah, that's tough because you're. It, it's it's less lopsided than some of the other tournaments. See, uh, but it is gonna you're gonna lock yourself into that headache of Geo versus Hill every week. Mm-hmm. Basically, your best case scenario is you make that deal and one of them gets injured, uh, and you're locking up for sure having the, yeah, the main guy. I, as I said, injuries happen, but betting on them is foolish. Okay. Uh, Tom Linelli, second to last one. Which week five defense is my best streaming option? Oh, here we go. Trying to get ahead of the curve. KC, uh, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, or Indianapolis. So let's look at the week five schedule uh, here. I will tell you exactly who it is. It's KC. Lock it up. The Bears are a disaster. And the Chiefs yeah. have a good defense. And people are gonna people drop them and because of what happened. And, and there's a chance they're coming off another loss. I think that's the answer. Yeah, that's the end. That's the one. I mean, that see, that's one where you use just logic. The Bears might be the worst team in football, so I would that that would be the one I'd make. Either you either get Jimmy Clausen or Jay Cutler. I mean, it's not like you're betting on Cutler being hurt. Cutler's a guy you chase to stream defenses anyway. So yeah, it's KC. And for the record, my second choice would probably be the Falcons at home against the Redskins. At least if Kirk Cousins is still the starter. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question from the faithful Keith Martin. Hashtag ask guru. Would you drop Niall Davis for Lance Dunbar in a one point PPR? Other Without RBs are Ingram, doubt. McCoy, Carlos. Yeah, for sure. Without a shadow of a doubt. The exact he's not move a, he's, I want he's also, to make. He's also yeah. not a owner. The only way Niall Davis pays off for you if you are not a Jamal Charles owner. If you're a Jamal Charles owner, he's a safety blanket. He's peace of mind. I understand that. He's one of the true few the few true handcuffs in the NFL. But if he is on your roster and you don't have Jamal Charles, he's eating up a roster spot. You're not going to use him as a flex unless Charles gets hurt. So go out and get somebody who can actually help your team, and Lance Dunbar can help your team. If you have Niall Davis and you do not have Jamal Charles, drop Niall Davis now or try to trade him to the Charles owner because you're betting on an injury because it's the only way that roster hold will pay off for you. The only way. All right, Joe, my question for you as we like to close it out. Let's do it. Rob Gronkowski owner here. Okay. Uh, who am I picking up to start at tight end this week? I could go with Antonio Gates. Is he coming back? Is he going to play? Uh, or I could go with Jared Cook, Charles Clay, or Richard Rogers. I like the way Charles Clay looks, and I really don't like the giant defense with those linebackers and safeties. Charles Clay would be the guy I'd go with. I'm intrigued by Richard Rogers, but I have a feeling the 49ers defense is going to look a little bit better than people think it will this week against the pa- the Packers at home. The 49ers have been embarrassed on the road two weeks in a row. I think they're going to look a little bit better at home. I'm going to go with Charles Clay. That would be the guy I'd want. I think that's fair. You can never count on Jared Cook. Charles Clay is going to at least get a few targets, uh, and mm-hmm. Richard Rodgers is going to be touchdown dependent. So, All right, Joe. Well, uh, we did it on a Tuesday night. Round two, we got it. And uh, thank you so much for uh, for spending the time. I'll talk to you next week. Good luck. Thank you. I'm going to be wide awake all night thinking about all the all the great answers we gave people tonight. So uh, and I hope. Oh, thank I you. We're you getting hit. better at this. We're we're getting better, and and hopefully you hit both cash games this week. 
you know, we're still talking over uh, each other a little bit. That's mostly my fault, not yours, very much. I think um, we're gonna but, we're gonna uh, make sure we're in the we're in the same place uh, for one of these one day. For at least one of these, uh, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, anything else, Bo? Yes. One more time. Remember, use the hashtag. Yes. Ask Guru. Hashtag Ask Guru. That's G U R U. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Sprint presents Time Machine. Hey, what are you doing? It's 17 months until I can upgrade to the new iPhone 6S, and I'm building a time machine so I don't have to wait. Oh, with Sprint, I never have to wait. I get to upgrade to the newest iPhone right away, whenever it comes out. Seriously? Seriously. Man, I gotta switch to Sprint. Uh, why does your time machine sound like a microwave? Uh, it's cooking my leftovers from tomorrow night. The world's best offer on iPhone 6S. Get iPhone 6S as low as $1 a month when you trade in your iPhone 6. And with iPhone Forever, get a new iPhone every year forever. Offer not available everywhere includes 21-month lease, no security deposit, excludes taxes, subject to well-qualified credit, new line port, a $36 activation fee, requires smartphone trade-in, regularly $22 a month. iPhone Forever's lease upgrade eligibility does not guarantee monthly payment amount, phone selection, or plan rates. Services additional charge remaining lease payments due if service canceled. Restrictions apply. See Sprint.com.